Sam's Milkshake brings all of us to the yard. Perth's very own Sam Kerr with two delicious strikes. See Chelsea crowned WSL champions while back at home at Guell Up Coach both uses and loses his head and job simultaneously. It's the Perth Football Podcast. Damn right, Kalichi, it's better than yours. Uh, it's the Perth Football Podcast. Welcome to episode eight. You can talk. Oh, mate, it is good to be here. We're I was just thrown off by uh, how good Sam's, Sam's milkshake is. Exactly. It brings all of us to the yard. The other one that it brought is Josh Triot. How are you doing? And I'm very excited for this podcast because so much has gone on over the last week. <laughs> there has been quite a bit, a lot of it uh, yesterday afternoon, which is what we're going to start with. We do have referee extraordinaires, uh, Alex Navatsis and Dave Averson joining us uh, for the podcast, but opting out of part one for obvious reasons, because we are going to be talking about the big hot topic. It was in the West Australia and it was uh, on 6PR, they were talking about it and yeah, it was very much. Why are you handing this to me now? I can't read. I can't read that while I'm talking. I can't double double task. I'm not. I'm. I'm I can't even talk about multitasking without getting it wrong. Uh, I'm. I'm not like the great Sam Kerr who uh, swivels and uh, chests and volleys and can do all these things at once. We'll get onto that. <laughs> but as I was saying, we uh, had an incident. Uh, Gwell up Sterling yesterday. But before we get to that, I want to know, Kalichi. Josh, have you ever been witness to unwarranted acts of aggression in your personal lives? Either you've dished it out or you've been on the receiving end. Anything for me? It doesn't have to be in a sporting context. I mean, there's the obvious one of unnecessary aggression that I dished out. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll probably come on to that later on. Disgusting. Uh, so shout out Friday. Uh, but but any anything off the pitch, any time you've seen someone get a bit too aggressive uh, when they didn't need to? I've seen something awful happen at a nightclub once. Would you like to hear that story? Yeah, yes, please. So we're in New Zealand and it's a nightclub and it was a bouncer who was just looking for a fight. Yeah, just absolutely that. looking for a fight. And this is going to be... I've warned you. Um, and... Someone tries to sneak in, the guy gets bashed, and uh, he has his mouth on the curb. No. All right, let's stop it there. Uh, Josh. Uh, I used to live in Kalgoorlie, so I saw plenty at the Gold Bar, (laughs) (laughs) if anyone knows that place. And it was like, I don't know, 95% of the time it was the bikies. And they they, they sort of, they, they would get... They would get walked out of a, a secret exit at the back and told not to, not to come back for a while. What about yeah. the time the one of your teammates was like, "Hey, hey, hey, you can't charge fifty bucks for that when you're going to give it in for for twenty and twenty five minutes." Do you remember that time? <laughs> was that was this from the uh, the the was state from the... amateur trip? Yep. Yeah, there were. Uh, yeah, there, 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 there was some um, there was some uh, naive boys, I think, in, in that state amateur team, Kalichi. Yeah, well, I, we're going to get on to the, the Mitch Prentice incident. I'll give mine. Now, last week, I gave my card game story as my biggest hammering, so I went outside of football. So this one, I'll stay in football because we've got the referees coming in as well. I once had a referee in socials. I've told you this story before, but we were. I'd tried to get my team as my to play by my principles, play a coach, and I was saying, like, look, we be on the referee's side. You'll... Uh, the the bonus to that is you get better decisions anyway if you if you're friends with the referee get learn his name blah 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 so we always try and help referees you get subbed off if you got booked for for verbally abusing a referee no matter how tame it was just don't argue with the referee uh, and we ha- had this one referee where I'd very early in the game the balls come off me and out for a throw in and I've uh, the, he's given the throw in to me <laughs> I know and, I, and, I, and I've said I've said no 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 it was um it, it's the other way and he's like no no this way. And I was like, no, it's, it's come off me last. It's, it's their throw. And he just goes, I'm the referee. So I had to take the throw. And I wish to this day I had have taken a foul throw. But I was like, that's, that's pretty unnecessary uh, in, terms, in terms of aggression. I, I think you'd agree. We, we don't have much time anymore. We've got to get on. We've got so much to talk about. Um, so back to the weekend's incident. Sterling won the game. We'll get the score and the, what happened out of the way first. It was a, a foul, a penalty uh, for Sterling. That was the only goal in the game, a Calvin Whitney penalty that he struck in. He was then substituted off on about the 82nd minute, I think it was. And as he came off, gave a few verbals to the Gwell up bench, which 
I mean, Calvin Whitney's well known for that. You've interviewed him after games before, and he loves a loves a, a needle, loves to get in the ear and and annoy people. And obviously, he has very much annoyed uh, Mitch Prentice, the Guell Up head coach. He did receive a booking on the way off, so well handled by the referee, I thought on on that occasion. But then full time, there's not much the referee can do about this one. Uh, Mitch has has come onto the pitch. He's gone up to the referee to complain. Uh, from what we're piecing together, <laughs> different uh, accounts of it and, and audio and video footage, from my understanding, Calvin has then uh, basically kept yapping at him, as he is wont to do, and basically saying, what are you whinging about now? Game's over, shut up. And Mitch has gone over to him to have some words. Oh, no, wait a minute, not just words. Headbutts him. Forehead to forehead. Headbutts him. I, can say, I can say he headbutts him. I'm not a journalist. I'm a... <laughs> Yeah, but, but we, we also have to understand that this might become a police investigation and we are a podcast and I have to be the legal person here to say we need to say allegedly. Okay, so from the uh, vi- this video, visual and audio footage, it looked like he headbutted him. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> is it, did I do that right? Uh, now, this brings up a much wider topic. Obviously, uh, Mitch has had three red cards or something in five weeks. So one in the 18s, one in uh, well up in round one. He's... He had, two, he had two red cards in one day, one for the 18s and one for the for the first team. Yeah. So so there is there is a deeper underlying issue here, which before we dive into it, I I would like to discuss and point out that this is obviously someone with issues with anger problems, and these things uh, go beyond football. And if if he needs help, I hope he gets it in in whatever uh, yeah avenue he needs. And to be fair, um, the well, President Yuri came on the radio and, and mentioned the fact that he believes in giving people a second chance, and that's why he, he hired Mitch in the first place. Um, his, his issues are well documented. You can you can find them by doing a quick Google search. So, And like you're saying, Sean, this is obviously a human being here, and there is a human element of someone who is clearly talented, um, a good coach, and someone who the football community probably needs in terms of the talent and, and the exposure, but hopefully does get some help in terms of anger management and, and, and mental health and, and can be in a place where they can process these kind of things that happen to them. This is something I'd, I'd really want to talk about in the wider context of football and the machoism and the testosterone being sprayed around at any competitive uh, male fixtures in particular. We, we've had headlines recently about women's coaches saying that women get far too emotional and it's hard to, to regulate their emotions. <laughs> What an absolute load of nonsense that is! When you don't you don't see this in the women's game, you only see it in the men's game. And I want to be very very clear that going up to someone and headbutting them, punching them, any act of violence when they're not expecting it, it's not passionate. It's stupid. It's not tough. It's cowardly. And you only need to see the the impact of you know Danny Hodgson getting hit, and you can end up in a coma because you just want to go out there and you've you've seen a flash of red and and you want to just put your mark on someone. It's just it's just so far below the level of professionalism that you need at this level of football as well. And not to say that there's any level of football that it's acceptable at, but you know these are people who are paid to be involved in this game. Like they're they you know they 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 are professional coaches, professional players, and that sort of behaviour is just completely unacceptable. You know, it, it's a job. You know the game's yeah. over, it's done. You move on from things like that. Things happen at football games. People say things that they don't mean or they say things just for the purpose of gamesmanship. Sometimes those things might cross the line, but there's just no excuse for any form of violence on a football pitch. No, there's not. And it and it, it has it has ramifications far beyond the football pitch. As as I mentioned that that you can do serious damage to someone and their livelihood just because you're angry about let's be honest, what equates to a game. Kicking a ball of air into a bag People love passion. People like supporters to be, you know, yelling and hopefully not crossing the line too much with their their abuse of players and referees. But there is a very distinct line here that's crossed, and verbally, uh, physically assaulting someone uh, is is well and truly over that line. There is like there's this under thing. There's this thing that's not being said here is that it's very common and it happens all the time, right? Like. I play in the amateur leagues and on the sidelines, coaches will say anything that they kind of want and it's, it's, it's not the best thing to do. Um, I've got a photo on my camera that I even posted up on social media, taking a photo of a coach at a, a 21s game 
in an NPL game where his team won and he turned around and gave the crowd the finger. And that is that is the coach. So yeah, like it's that, the culture. Yeah. It's that, that is so, so as, as much as as much as we can say, look, this is a one off isolated incident, there are baby steps that kind of take place that create this culture where it happens and then we all go, Oh, and, and act all sanctimonious. But <sighs> Yeah, it, it is. It is really, really disappointing. I, I want to read the statement that Football West have put out here as well. So, yeah. So, so as far as we understand now, Mitch Prentice has been suspended indefinitely. Yeah. Uh, ongoing investigations. We have heard rumblings there, as as you said, there will possibly be a police investigation into this. Charges uh, potentially laid as well. Exactly, and and wouldn't wouldn't be the first time for him. So, yeah, we, we don't want to talk too much about. That aspect of it, but go ahead and read the statement for me, Kalichi. So it says, over the weekend, there were almost 1,000 scheduled Football West games played in and around Perth. The incident which which took place after the NPLWA men's fixture between Gwalak Croatia and Sterling Macedonia was completely unacceptable. The head coach of Gwalak Croatia has been suspended indefinitely pending the outcome of a Football West disciplinary process. Football West continues to speak to both clubs regarding further action that will be taken to ensure this type of isolated behavior is removed from our game. And again, like we, we can make a song and dance about it in terms of saying it's isolated behavior, but there's a reason why we have a huge referee shortage here in this, in this country and worldwide in terms of grassroots football as well. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, not to get too much into the refereeing side of it, but this is always something that I am, am staggered by about how much people will complain about the referees and then the absolute, dog's abuse treatment that they give them that it is all part of this culture and it is all part of this you know you you want to be tough you want to square up to someone you want to yell abuse at a referee you want to yell abuse at the fans when you're walking off the pitch it's it's a scourge on the game it, it really is we, we don't talk about it but it, it's it's not an isolated it's this for it to be this extreme it is an isolated incident but Acts of aggression, yeah. abuse in terms of whether physical or verbal happens every week. It's not an isolated incident, Josh. And people just come off, you know, like you just come off looking like a loser from, from those things. Like, you know, that the consequences are so severe of slipping up like that, that there's just no reason to do it. I mean, there's, you can go back and look at the, um, look at the suspension reports from football. They put one out every week for the amateur leagues, for the state leagues. There's someone there who's serving a 10 year suspension. They can't play Reg- they can't play regulated football anywhere in the world for another like seven years uh, because they got a 10-year suspension for headbutting a referee, which is, you know, just unconscionable violence. So, you know, the consequences of these things and nowadays as well, you know, these things don't happen in the back back rooms. They don't happen in the, you know, there's there's video footage. There's video footage of all the MPL games now. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's more we don't see off the camera and in games that aren't covered. There's like Kalichi's talking about socials games, like Sunday league games, these games where I am, I know we've, we've been there. We've played them ourselves. People getting fights and whether they're this serious or not. It, yeah. It, as soon as soon as a fight breaks out anywhere, a mobile phone comes out as well. Now you got to yeah. remember, like there's never going to be a case where there, there isn't evidence of stuff like this, but you know, whether there's evidence or not, it's just, it, it is a scourge on the culture it, and it's not just, football it's pretty much all male dominated sports yeah i, th- yeah. I think i think the part about it being male dominated is, is really important because like it or not a lot of people see this as an avenue where they can channel certain feelings and emotions right and a lot of the times these feelings and emotions tend to be aggressive ones and and i'll put my hand up and say when i was younger if it wasn't for football i don't know where the hell i would be because it gave me a place to channel my anger and and thankfully i've kind of calmed it down a whole lot more to the point where I look at it now and I I genuinely feel blessed that I get to play every weekend and and try I might trip you up playing in the game sure but that's in the game but I'm not going to call you a whole bunch of names I'm not going to like try to abuse a referee or anything like that because that's 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 not part of the game being the game right There's a certain Friday uh, Zico that might um, challenge you on and and I and I and I, <laughs> and I and I'll put my hand up and say should I have been sent off Sure but I I go wait 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 wait, wait 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 it is taking you like a year to say you should have been I have, I have you've been saying this. You've been I've saying been, it was I've a mere s- yellow card for like 12 months. Ask short. I've you, been saying this. You, you said that you thought it was a yellow during the game. You thought you got yeah, enough of the ball. And you saw and it back. And you saw it back. Like, and you nah, man, and, but, but again, there, there is a huge I've difference. You, a you, are, you are essentially signing a contract every time you step out on a football pitch to say, this is a, a contact sport. This is There is a chance I will get my legs broken uh, because sometimes you know, mis- mistakes are made. And if... That's a, that's a risk of the game. If you 
I don't think anyone believes that you were going into that tackle intending to break Friday's legs, no, no right? So, so that's that's a huge difference there. You're trying to make a, a tough tackle. You're trying to make a physical tackle. Violence off the pitch and and yeah, headbutting a player that doesn't expect it is is completely different. Kalichi, how does how how do we feel about the idea that um something was said and uh, it kind of justifies him getting not necessarily justifies, but it gives context to the fact that this is that this incident happened because that's that's what the Gwala president mentioned. That's also what other people have said in terms of in terms of perhaps the line was crossed in terms of what is banter. And I really hate the idea that there are certain things on the pitch that are banter because I know someone who was racially abused last year and the idea was, look, it was just banter. But then there's ways to deal with that. And and the way, like I I don't know if I mentioned it uh, here, but when I think I did, when the referee gave me a yellow card when he came off, uh, you know, if if he's telling the referee what he's saying and the referee's listening out for it, if it was that bad, he would have been sent off by then, and then he misses the next game. And that's how that's how you deal with it. Uh, and if there are things that are really bad said, like racial abuse, it's obviously never taken as seriously as as we would like, and often because of a lack of, uh, you know, footage or a lack of audio and and a lack of hard proof. Uh, but yeah, that there there are ways to deal with this, and and you've said it before as a black footballer, if you reacted like this, oh bro. <laughs> Does, it doesn't bear thinking about the, the reaction you would get, and and <laughs> you know you're not just letting yourself down. You know you, you you're letting every black footballer out there down, and it's just it, it's it's completely unfair in it. But it's the, the, yeah. the situation. The the idea that I have be allowed to headbutt someone because they they called me names on the football field is ridiculous. Sorry, and, keep talking over Josh. Go ahead, Josh. No, I know, and I'm sure, and you know, I you know myself like Kalichi, I've I've received racist abuse. You know, after a football game as well. If, if anybody doesn't know, I'm Jewish, um, and uh, you know, and, and I did respond very angrily. But you know, I didn't punch or headbutt anyone. And I think, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I I don't think it's going to happen. Um, the you know, there are people who've dealt with so many terrible things on on a football pitch, um, and you know, not responded that way. They've they've done whatever they can to use the right avenues to get it dealt with or attempted to get it dealt with because unfortunately with racism you know it doesn't always get dealt with but um but yeah there's I, I just don't I don't think there's actually an excuse to do what what was done on the weekend what's the uh, what's the future hold for for Gwellup and hopefully for for Prentice as well well it's it's an interesting one isn't it Gwellup obviously already struggling uh they had a horrible season in their first season, uh, brought in a lot of players. We're expecting to be doing a lot better than they are. Uh, and they are youth players who would have been coached through much from the glory situation. We're abject year one. The year two hasn't been any better. And now this, maybe it's something that can galvanise the players in that they can get rally around being the that, unit that's, now. That's a tough thing, though, because um, when coaches go from, from club to club or, or place to place, one of the one of the big reasons sometimes that they get made coaches is because they say, I can bring in these players. And, you know, if this turns into a very long suspension, which it might well, um, then, you know, there's got to be questions marks, question marks about whether Gwellup can keep some of those players that Prentice has brought in. I would, be, I would be extremely surprised if he is ever back coaching for Gwellup again. I, this is just all conjecture. We, we don't know. But after an incident like this, with someone that, as you mentioned, he was brought in as a second chance, has a history of, of violent conduct uh, just this season as well, has a history of, of anger and, and and being sent off for several red cards. This is going to be a long journey back. And we were speaking before the Pocalici, we fully believe in, in rehabilitation, that no matter, you know, that there's, there's people that have done far worse than what Mitch has done, let's say. There's there's murderers, there's, uh, you know, all, all, there's, there's the Harry Redknapp. He's not a rapist, he's not a murderer, he's not a pedo, he's never killed anyone. He's a that, proper football that man. Sort of, that sort of nonsense. Um, but there are far, far worse people out there that you go to jail, you do your psychology sessions, you, you rehabilitate yourself back into society. This is, he is a long way, a long way short of that. But for him to get back into football, I would say there's, there's going to have to be a real, or, or, I don't know, but I would hope there would have to be hurdles that he would have to get past and to say, look, I am trying to overcome these anger management problems. This is what I'm doing about it. This is how, yeah. And, and, and we can't, and we can't, you know, make, make bones. Uh, we've got to make no bones about the fact that this is going to be, um, 
a, a big uh, public public relations issue for Football West and Football Australia. I oh, mean, it's it's the, it's the front page of the Western Australian. It's not about the game. It's not about the sport. It's not about the achievement. It's not about the goals. It's about this incident, and it's been unfortunately made into seem like it was this racial incident between the the Croats and the Macedonians, and that's. That's that's not what it was. That, yeah. uh, that's definitely that's a terrible take. If anybody has taken that's, that's that's a terrible that's, take, I'm, I'm telling I, you right now, that's absolutely yeah. the take that I have heard. That's yeah. whenever I've mentioned it, when people have shared it at work. Not doubting, not doubting you, Kalichi, but saying that anyone that is taking that as the take, it's terrible. This is one uh, needly player that loves Sawana, and and this is this is again in the context of the sport. I am sure Calvin knows that. He's he's a bit of a hothead, and that he can wind him up, and that he can hopefully get him get him sent off, and that he can, yeah, upset him and annoy him. Well, if he thought that, he was absolutely right, wasn't he? So whatever he was doing worked. Don't know what he said. Don't know what was said. There there are lines that can be crossed with with verbal banter as well. So we don't have the full picture. But regardless of what was said, we all have said several several times. Yeah, going up and physically assaulting someone, yeah, is 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 not tough. It's it's not passionate. It's it's pathetic. It's it's stupid, and we see it too much in men's sport. Well, any any fight we've look, we've basically put put out the whole first uh, section for this talk because it is an important one. Uh, we're going to get onto the the actual sport results and the sport over the weekend, the women's and men's MPL. Before moving on to world football in part three, any final thoughts? Any any last takes you want? Yeah, to I in like here, guys. Since, sincerely, I I do hope that he gets the help that he needs because. Like I said, it is a talented individual who understands football, who clearly brings something to those players and to, and to the team. And it's going to be a long road, and, and, and hopefully it should. I mean, I saw Don Evans, the great Don Evans, mention that back in the day, this would be like a five-year process of proper rehabilitation, understanding if you do get back in the game, there are going to be people who won't let you forget about this. There are going to be people who will try to wind you up again. And so to get back into the game, you're going to need to have built up that resilience to know, look, that was the old me. That's absolutely fine. Yep, people are going to throw this at me. And I generally hope that he does so and, and, and can get back to it because we need as many football people in and around football. And hopefully this kind of blows over and, and we can get back to just speaking about the game and the matches as well. Yeah, Final thought, Josh? Yeah, look, and, and you know, even aside from that incident, I mean, we saw a lot of red cards this week across the professional semi-pro state league NPL football. Just try stay on the pitch. If you get red cards, you don't miss. If you don't get red cards, you don't miss games. You know, if you if you put in two um, clumsy challenges and you get two yellow cards and then you miss one game, you know that's that's whatever it is. But um, the volume of red cards we saw, I mean, people just need to be better behaved. Can you uh, can you guess how many red cards I've had playing in Australia? Uh, I'm, g- I'm guessing it has to be. It's always either low or high with these things, isn't it? So I'm going like to say none. Twenty five or zero. Zero. Yep. I've had two in the preseason, but none in the season. Oh, well, so they don't count. Uh, I think you miss a friendly for unless you do something really heinous, like oh. uh, like what Kalichi did to Friday's. Yeah, I uh, should have been banned for life. Should have been banned for life Friday. One, we're, one we're, time you almost murdered someone. I, all of a I, hashtag, you should have a red card for your touch. Hashtag I stand with Friday, uh, and I, I would be pushing for uh, severe bans for Kalichi. Look. We've said all we need to say on this. Uh, it's obviously a hot topic in Perth football, and there's there's not much more we can say. I'm going to look forward to getting the the refs in who uh, who wisely sat this one out. Don't want to comment while uh, investigations are ongoing, but look forward to being joined. Uh, one more last thing, Galici, be quick. Breaking news: Queensland long have a coach. Glenn Grostrate is out of the picture. Okay, well we will uh, talk about yeah the real world football. After this, starting in Perth and then moving abroad. And we're back for part two of episode eight. Joined in the studio by a couple of uh, Perth's most accomplished, talented, skillful referees. Uh, Dave Averson joining us for the first time. Thanks, Sean. Welcome. Thanks for coming in. How are you feeling? Heard a few shows, so uh, a little anxious of what's going to be thrown at me. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Yeah, all right. We'll, we're just going to throw you in the deep end right at the start. With uh, We gave our unwarranted acts of aggression that we've witnessed. Either maybe it was you, maybe it was a, a friend, a parent, a sibling. You, have you, you got a story for us? Yeah, not particularly proud of this one. Uh, back in my playing days, I'd use that in the loosest way possible. Uh, a work tournament, as it was. So we're, I worked for a, a chicken factory. 
Uh, so yeah. many questions. <laughs> oh yeah. So you, so, so you, you go. So you, you you weren't playing for cheap stations, but potentially chicken stations. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, yep. Yeah, so we had a, an inter factory tournament played in Birmingham, <laughs> and and yeah, um, bit of a flare up. I wasn't involved, but I was that sort of player that liked to get involved, and yeah, just you were that type of player. You know, I was never the the instigator, but I was always that pain in the backside who just like, you know what I need, to, I need to get involved in why this. doesn't that sit the needly annoying one that yeah. doesn't really get involved but just kind of sits on the periphery and yeah annoys everyone so that was me as the, the average player but the real pain in the backside and yeah I just I saw I wouldn't say red I saw orange and just give this guy a huge shove uh, and oh, you pushed him pushed him you put your hands on him and you pushed him I did. Jeez, this is getting this yeah. is getting oh, hard is, well, we might have to naughty. we might have to oh, cut, throw him out of the room that's he's gone overboard hasn't he there yeah. Nova, you, you're enjoying this. He's so shit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, as shit as he's referring, to be fair, That's, he is out of control. Uh, that isn't that isn't the most exciting story, Dave. It's um, not. I, I appreciate that. But I, I, think like, I like how we were trying to be diplomatic, and Nova's just like, "Nah, I'm saying the I'm saying the loud bit out uh, really loud." Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, look, that was. I think it just goes to show what a lover you are. So, in terms of aggression, you just haven't been. Involved, and by that I mean you're not a very aggressive lover. You're probably a very soft and gently. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we were going this route, but okay. Yeah. Uh, Nova, uh, unwarranted, unwarranted act of aggression. Speaking of you've been a part lovers. of. Yeah, it's 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 funny because um, coming ha- having grown up in a I will say ethnic family, uh, violence is is definitely a no no. But um, yeah, I reckon once a week a wooden spoon was broken on my leg by um by my mum. Broken. Yeah, oh, without a doubt, I've had that. I've had ceramic lids thrown at me, all sorts. So it was quite an interesting. Uh, you wonder why I've lost the plot a bit, but a um, couple Wait, of them. Hold did. on, hold on. I no, might have, I might no, have misphrased this, this. This is supposed to be unwarranted. Um, exactly what I was going to say. If Mama, okay. if Mama Nova is throwing something at you, she ain't doing it because you know she's got issues. No, she's you're right. You didn't deserve you know, it. Yeah. Well, at times, <laughs> well, sometimes I actually just defended my brother. Said, "No, that was me that said that," and I would cop it, but. Yeah, it was a few times. Dad, Dad was good. He never hit me, but the cricket stump did. But um, <laughs> that was that was about it, really. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I mean, we talked about spankings uh, last week metaphorically. Now we're talking about them literally. One of the big spankings of the weekend in the men's NPL was at the top of the table, and Kalichi might have to be renamed Kelstradamus because Daryl Nickel, who didn't score this weekend, nope. Uh, I think it's good to point out, didn't play, but didn't score. Uh, you, you had him top goal scorer and he's raced away. Uh, you had Bayswater as the champions. That looked like not the best shout after the first few weeks and Floriot and Red Star were, were flying, but 6-0 Bayswater coming out on top and you watched this game. I did. Uh, it was quite a performance from Bayswater. They were dominant from the start and Sean, I'm pretty sure it was 6-1. Um, but yeah, they were oh, ap- sorry, six one. You are right. Yeah, yeah brilliant. They, they were dominant from the start. Um, I kind of felt a little bit for Floriot because they didn't have Pitkoff there. McManus obviously has been hurt for for quite a while. Dennis Gallon didn't look like himself, and we saw him at halftime and had a chat with him, and he just said, "Look, he wasn't wasn't feeling himself. He he didn't feel one hundred percent okay." Um, he ends up getting subbed off for Jesse Fuller, who's the other centre back that should be playing in that li- in that team. Um, but but and of course they played three games in a week, which is always difficult to, to come back to, especially when one of those games is against a young Perth side who, who have legs. But from the Bayswater side, they looked imperious. They've, you know, we mentioned it beforehand in terms of Steins, in terms of Smith, and in terms of Maketje. They've got players who can score goals. And for all three of them to get on the score sheet is, is something else. But the person who was man of the match didn't score any goals. It was uh, Declan Hargreaves. Yeah, he was point. everywhere, just breaking up play, starting up play. There was one sequence where he takes a corner kick, does a tackle at half when there's a clearance in his goal line all within 60 seconds. Um, he was just absolutely rapid and, and you could see what what um, Florida were missing in terms of a midfield general, in terms of someone who just got the team up the field. Um, but then at the same time, doing that isn't enough, but they had enough from Smith, they had enough from McEachie to not only take advantage of that, but score goals and they look imperious right now. They look like a hard team to play because they can they can dog it out with the best of them, especially with their defense and the experience that they've got there. And then they can put a little bit of class and silk on with that front three and get some goals in. Well, we said uh, said in the intro, there's a hat trick of braces. Not often you get that. And, and you're saying that none of them were even man of the match uh, due to Hargrove's performance. Uh, we've got down here, Florida Tied. You, you touched on that as well. You were saying as well before the show... Uh, 
the Floriot curse, that things just keep going wrong, that things were starting to fall into place in terms of having uh, these extra players coming in, having Petkov, having McManus uh, hitting the ground running, and then obviously McManus goes out. They have a bunch of games rescheduled due to COVID. Now they all get thrown in on one week, and then they come up against a rampant Bayswater at exactly the wrong time. How much do you think it, it is uh, an ancient uh, African curse that perhaps uh, the, the likes of the one placed on Pep Guardiola in the Man- for Manchester oh, City in the Champions sure League? Say that, I think but. I think it might be the Noah Shamaki curse after after he got uh, after he left the club. But I mean, speaking to Jason Saldaris, he, he mentioned it as well. He said, "Look, the season started so brightly. They had just signed Woodcock. They had Chris Saldaris playing right wing back, bombing up the field." He's no longer playing right wing back. He's now playing centre half. They had Jesse Fuller and Dennis Gallen. Both of them haven't played in a full game together for quite a while right now. Um, Ludo boys come back from injury, but again, it's it's taken a little bit more time. And then they had the partnership with Petkoff and McManus, and it looked absolutely devastating in the night series. These were individuals who could get the ball up the field, hold up play, but in terms of McManus, man, the, the energy that that man has, the way that he plays, the no fear, the directness of his, of his football, to not have that there. And again, um, Harms has turned up and he's done a, a pretty decent job, but that's a little bit too much responsibility on someone who was so young. And again, like this, this is a team who've been built from a core who've played together for six or seven, eight years sometimes. Mm. So to, to have that missing, it's, it, it does feel like just whenever they're in a position to do something well, something goes wrong. And and again, I, I think this is probably the, the, the unspoken thing, but Dean Evans isn't walking through that door. And he is a footballer that is so hard to replace, not just in terms of set pieces, but leadership, character, the way that he plays, goals, assists. Like, you don't, you don't find that every day. And it's really hard, especially when you've got Declan Hargreaves running rampant at Frank Drago. Yeah. I think, and, and just on, on that as well, it's interesting to see you go Florida that have played three and seven days. You've got Bayswater that are, are pretty fresh. And, and you've got, with Flory, a lot of older players as well that can't make that recovery as quick as what it was. So it was Bayswater were at their best, Flory were at their worst. And I think, this, well, not the worst, but we're, we're down there. And it just shows with the, with the scoreline itself. On their best days, are they that far apart? Definitely not. And and you, you make a really interesting point there. Last season, Flory were at the best, best when, for everything. when Phil Arnold was coming on for like 30 minutes. Yep. He impact played, player. yeah, impact he, player. As, as an impact player. He is, he is a phenomenal footballer, and I wish I had 10% of the talent that Absolutely. he does. But at the same time, at that age, in terms of what he's moving around and carrying, it's, it's really, really difficult. And again, I think he played 90 minutes. I don't know if he played 90 minutes on the back of 90 minutes the week before, the, before as well, or on the back of playing close to it, yeah. all game on Wednesday. But that's really hard to get up to, regardless of him being like an amateur, or sorry, a semi-professional footballer, that's hard for Mo Salah to do. Well, the big, the big difference between semi-professional and professional, isn't there? Like, we, you, you see Premier League players do it, and you see players at the very top level go Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. And they have. Some, sometimes there'll be a drop-off on the Saturday, but they keep that performance up because you can only drop 2 or 3%. And they, and they have full pool recovery times. They have full nutritionists. They don't have to go to work during the time. Like they, they that's have, the difference between yeah. professional and semi-professional. Yeah, their, their whole job that's, is to get their lives fit. They have to get themselves ready for that next game. So yeah. you've got ice baths. You've got all of those recoveries happening in comparison to guys that have got to go drive a, a, a forklift yeah. and, and lifting heavy things or, or going, to, going into work at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's a yeah. big difference. And even more than having access to the resources, you've got people making sure that you are doing the recovery and, and you've got your coaches and trainers. And, and, and even with that, Bayswater, McKechie didn't play 90 minutes. Um, Hargreaves didn't play 90 minutes. And when they were on the bench, they were getting iced up. Yeah. So the, the, even they've taken that extra step because they've got oh, a game absolutely. on Tuesday. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what Bays would look like next weekend after they've go Saturday last week, Tuesday tomorrow night, and then Saturday next week. If they, if they can get through this week at this amount of games, it'll be really interesting to see. Whether this is our season, happen. isn't it? This year, this is what it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be almost a, an English season. Yeah, with with midweek Saturdays, yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be very interesting, and a lot of that luck is going to be when your fixtures fall, uh, when you're playing the top teams, when you're playing the important games. If you get the seven day break and the other team gets a three day break, semi pro football that's almost impossible to to overcome. Uh, not impossible, but uh, you know if it's it's hard when that first goal goes in, when the second goal goes in, and you're knackered already. It's going to happen a lot. So you've got a lot of clubs now that have got a lot of a lot of games to catch up. You've got Perth that have got another three. Yeah, Coburn as well. Coburn have got one on on Wednesday night, and then they've, they've I think they've got another two or three to, to pick up as well. So yep. it, it as Dave said, that's our season. It is going to be a European season where you're going to have those midweek fixtures in between, 
how good a team's going to be through recovery and and we've got to look at it here it's not just who's going to win the league it's who's going to get relegated because of it i mean unfortunately balcata are doing a lot of those clubs a favor at the moment where where they're not you know getting points with coburn basically dropped two points in my opinion funnily funnily enough that 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 could help balcata that if they get a fixture at the right time absolutely because you might only need six seven points they may have coburn after they've played saturday wednesday and they've got them that saturday it might be an opportunity to catch it's a six pointer so so let's uh you you mentioned midweek games you mentioned coburn uh brings us seamlessly on to coburn to armadale two uh, you were doing the assessing of uh, Arvin. Yeah, I, I was Arvin Shanthan, Shanthan, the, I, I think, the referee, yeah. and he um, gave out two red cards. Couple of couple of naughty boys, and both both deserving the halftime. Yeah, one you didn't I was, see on the on the video. Yeah, you didn't. I was lucky enough to see, it and I ended up being pretty close to the action as well. But um, yeah, it was a slap happy game, as they would say. And um, yeah, both. <laughs> <laughs> see what I've done there? It's not bad. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. So the first one, the first red was for for slapping. Uh, Anthony Scorich, I think it was. And then the second one, uh, keeper slapping, m- might have been Harry O'Brien um, in, in terms of of the red. So he was spot on. Referee did a, he had a really good game. But again, similar to the to, into the second half, I mean, 20 odd minutes playing against nine men, I, I reckon they would have, they were peppering the goal and, yeah. and they just, you know, a lot of headers were going over nearly for throw ins, wearing biscuit tins, unfortunately, and um, yeah, I not wa- hitting the target. I watched the last 20 minutes yeah. and, and a lot of it. For for about five or ten minutes there, the, just the shots they were taking, the attempts they were oh, making, crazy. speculative, you know, left-footed and volleys, and uh, yeah, it was um, just just frustrating to watch. And then they did start to work it in, get crosses into dangerous yeah. spots, but then they were heading over from six yards. A- 10 and yards. credit to the keeper, he the keeper that came on, um, obviously Usury was sent off. Keeper that had come on, Alex, I can't remember his surname, but you know he, he was making his debut at two all. Uh, with 20 minutes to go, a lot of pressure on him, and, and credit to him, he did really, really well in regards to that. And yeah, he held his own and, and made a couple of good saves too. So I think Coburn did drop two points in that fixture, unfortunately for them, um, especially the way the season's going. And and Armadale obviously being able to hold them off for the last 20 minutes against nine. Yeah, so yeah, point game for Armadale definitely felt like two dropped for Coburn. And looking at the table, it's it could be a really big one. We talk about it. there's going to be fixtures coming. There's got yeah. they've got a, a lot midweek of game against Perth coming up. I think on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Yep. Seven and uh, we uh, thankfully uh, to help us talk through the rest of these fixtures, we've got the great Tommy Dolman phoning us in. He was supposed to be here earlier, but uh, what happened, Tommy? Are you there? Yeah, I lost my AirPods, boys. Uh, lost yeah, his sorry. AirPods. What sorry. sort of Apo- excuse is that? Fuck. Don't worry about Apologies. a speaker or holding Apologies. it on your ear. Apologies for my tardiness. You don't like the old-fashioned way, mate? Nah. Got a, <laughs> you can't just got a hold it up task. to the ear. Got I mean, a multitask. I mean, what's the stats on uh, on the percentage of the amount of times you've lost your, uh, your your earpods? I reckon this is the second time. Yeah. So I'm actually not doing too bad considering I've had them for a year, but that's far too boring, isn't it, really, to make a podcast about that topic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. That is... That I don't know. It might, it might fit be... right in with David's uh, push earlier. Yeah, David David oh, tried to bore oh, us to death uh, on the, from the opening kickoff for part two, but uh, yeah, you've you've outdone him there. Uh, what's the what's act of unwarranted aggression you've been a part of, Tommy, either that you've witnessed or that you've uh, acted out yourself? Oh, geez. Um, I... I You've caught me off guard here, Sean. Well, you I did send the question to through to the group uh, <laughs> at midday today, so yeah, I know I wasn't I wasn't really focused on that base. Sorry, I was. Uh, Mate, I was you very ha- much tell you what, tell you what, Tommy, you ever think you had a shocker so far, and we're about to, we're, you're almost about to be. <laughs> it's very rare you get the sub come on and then get subbed off uh, straight away. Battle the only person I've seen that happen would be Dave. He's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, he's a referee. He so once, he, actually, what was that? Sorry, Tommy. It happened to me as well once, actually. Oh, wow. I've yeah, well, had that treatment before. Okay. All right. Well, we won't do it to you again. We're, look, we're just in the middle of Coburn-Armadale. We've, we've talked about the game. I was just about to say that both of them now sitting in, in mid-table, and but Coburn with against nine men throwing balls into the box, not able to get that winner. A, a winner would have put them up to, I think, it would have been five points off the top four, but with a game in hand. So if they were able to get that one and then manage to win on Wednesday, they could have been two points off top four and had really a lot to play for. Really disappointing that they didn't manage to to get that. Did you catch any of that game, Tom? Yeah, I did have a little look at this one actually. It was uh, it was an interesting game. There was um, there was plenty of chances at both ends. More so for more so for Coburn, I thought who probably shaded it. I thought Armadale had a pretty good period of it in the first half. 
Um, but then obviously the uh, the way that the game shaped out with the cards kind of changed the dynamic of it. And I think you made comment previously as well, Sean, that there was a lot of long range efforts and and it just wasn't quite. It was almost like Armadale were just content to, to to low block, and we see that in professional football even sometimes as well at the top level, where sometimes the team that has a man less, or in, in Armadale's case, it was it was two, but sometimes it's harder to break those teams down because they're more focused on that low block and they're more focused on putting players behind the ball. So, look, as far as Armadale are concerned, I think they'll be delighted with that point to come away from it given the circumstances, albeit they may have been disappointed given they were leading at one time that, that they um, that they, they could have come away with more. But, yeah, prob- probably probably a result that, that they'd be happier with more so than Coburn, I'd say. Yeah, well, we'll skim over the other results. We don't want to talk too much about Perth Glory uh, 1, Balcata nil, just because we've talked about Balcata getting beaten all year. We don't want to hammer them too badly, although the defending on the goal was abject there. Almost no pressure on the centre-half with the ball near halfway. Took his time, plays the ball in behind, and the whole Balcata defence flat-footed. Uh, and I think uh, Anasmo, it is, goes through, shot saved, and, and Belladonna taps in the rebound. So anything anyone want to say about them? Beautiful name, Belladonna. Oh, it's a great name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Yep, very good. Uh, the other result, did we have another one? We had two. No, we had two other games postponed, Sorrento, Inglewood, and Red Star, Perth. Uh, we've got Perth Glory Bayswater coming up, I think, tomorrow night. So by the time you hear this, that one will have already been settled. So big chance for Bayswater, but also a, a big chance for, for Perth, the, the youth of the Perth glory. Maybe that gives them a bit of an edge, both playing a, a two games in a few days. What do you reckon? I, I don't, no, I don't think so. And the reason I say that is Perth glory will lose a lot of players going across to Newcastle okay. uh, for the FFA Cup qualifier. Oh, sorry, the Australian Cup qualifier. That's really bad of me to say FFA Cup. Um, so, yeah, they'll have, they will lose. But I think one thing that you missed was the midweek and um, – Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Perth scored their first goal of the season against Florida in the round one catch-up on Tuesday night. So we had a crack at Balcatter about that. Yep. But they scored one before Flo- before Perth did so. Was it a Perth player who scored? Because the Balcatter goal was not scored. Yeah, but the second one was. So oh, you have to true. you'd have to give them that. So yeah. But it was it was actually a bomb by Zimarino. To be honest, it was goal of the week. Good to see. How, how do you do goal of the week when it's a round one catch up match? Do you go backwards? <laughs> I think I think the the only thing that plays in Perth's favour there was this this they had only played three games, so yeah, three three clean sheets against isn't great. Um, and, but but Balcatta have have now played five and and looking at two yeah. goals scored, twenty goals conceded. Uh, it's going to be very. Oh, but the thing that plays into their hands, as I was saying, is. There can be midweek fixtures. There can be yeah, games they, they will. And I think Perth right is time. a better team to than what where they're, they're placed at the moment. And having watched them, then Gwell up are sitting on one point from six games as well. So they yeah. they're right down there. Uh, I guess then we uh, before you go, I do want to say that um, Belcada. Before you go, I do want to say that Belcada do have a bit of an advantage because it is becoming a squad game, like we said earlier. In terms of players, yeah. you can't just have the same eleven playing um, week in week out. But they have managed to have Mirko play right back. They managed to have Sparta be on the bench. Um, they managed to have a couple other that uh, a couple others players who, for example, Farah as well, yeah. be on the bench, come on, change the game, play in different positions. If they're able to keep it like that, where they're rotating players around, then they've they've yeah. got a huge advantage. Well, if if, if Kelstradamus well. thinks they got a chance of staying up, then who am I to argue with him? He's got almost everything. Right, so far this year, we'll quickly turn to the women's MPL as well before we move on to part three. Uh, Were there any kit kit clashes this week in the women's uh, MPL? No, and thank you for bringing that up because we haven't really, we have the man of the moment from last week in here. For those of you that don't know, David Iverson was the referee at the the most controversial, uh, I'd, I'd say fixture in football history. That yeah. one, yes. definitely. That, that's not a hyperbole at all. No. It's done not. by the second worst referee in WA history. So, okay. the I, first? I, well, it's, it's, it's a shame. You're getting close, mate. <laughs> but, um, it's a shame you have such low self esteem that you put yourself last and over your no, It's just that I'm a nice guy. I'm strong. I carry the rest of them. Okay, good on you. So, Dave, <laughs> tell us, talk to us, defend yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I called a bit, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. So go on. What, what was it like there down there on the ground? It was interesting. Um, and what was interesting was I was oblivious that there was an issue. Um, and I will credit Nova um, that he has put it to me that I need to think of it as a TV game, which I didn't. I was a referee. I looked at two kits side by side. 
for me, not a problem. I used the analogy, it was it was Aston Villa versus Man United, something like that. Not a problem. Yeah. However, I came off the game to about twen- <laughs> 20 messages. <laughs> and what about the socks? What was the story? Was that a true, that we spoke about a rumour last week that there, the game kicked off late because there was a slock, sock clash as well. Is this true? There was a sock clash. Every, yeah. Everybody had black socks on, but including you yourself. Including myself. But you got that sorted out. <laughs> we, got, we got that sorted. Not a problem. We got that sorted. Absolute garbage. But, the, but, the <laughs> but you're saying that down there at ground level, it was none ground of the level, fans not would a problem. noticed, none of the players no had one, a problem. The TD didn't think, you thought it was okay. The Mum FC TD, he was okay with the kick clash. There was nothing there. Oh, I'm not commenting on that. I know <laughs> what you're doing. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Take the bait, mate. Take no. the bait. No, okay, that, that's all right. But uh, it 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 is interesting because on the on the footage, it was almost the footage the is very same. different. It's the exact same yeah, color. And right? I had a similar experience last year. Um, I refereed at Swan. So you didn't learn your lesson last. Yeah, I was just going to well, say, if you had, we're trying to well, pack you here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. We're, le- we're letting you have your. Say- I know this, this has gone is, the wrong this way. This is what lawyers say. <laughs> Don't say anything. Yeah. Just don't say anything. <laughs> Stick to the facts. The no boot, comment. No only, comment. You're only going to dig it further. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll leave you there so that you don't incriminate yourself further. Beautiful. But um, the women's NPL results of Red Star looking like uh, they're going to be uncatchable in this league. Kalicha, you were saying after their three nil win against Mum FC, Larissa Walsh with a couple of great goals and Sarah Carroll had one to crisp strike. Uh, you were saying that you think the the league, the players that are leaving over east really hurting that. Tommy, feel free to jump in on this one as well. Uh, Red Star looking like they are a cut head and shoulders as Nova and Dave just share <laughs> evil glances at each other. They do look ahead head and shoulders above everyone else, don't they? Uh, yeah, they, um, they just, they've just got that strength in depth. I think we've alluded to it before. Um, when, when you can bring Kim Carroll and Sarah Carroll back into a team that had started the season quite well already and, and Larissa Walsh has, has clearly carried over her form from last season um, having tied with Tia Stonehill for the Golden Boot last year so um, cert- last season certainly wasn't a fluke for her she, she's backed it up and, and, and arguably gone to, gone to another level as well but yeah they're just they're just so strong and, and as you sort of allude to the um, the, the combination of, of the Redbacks improving and some of those younger players perhaps taking the next step like Andy Teixeira like uh, Olivia Wood, like Ruby Cohen, um, combined with um, some of the other teams like Mum FC and, and a couple of others maybe losing some players uh, as well, um, has has put them in a position where they're five points clear of the rest. And it looks very hard to see um, who's going to chase them down at this, even at this early point of the season. And look, typically that, that game between Red Star and Mum FC would have been a an absolute cracker of a game to yeah. watch in terms of the talent from both sets of, of, of players. And, and of course, those teams go all the way back to the to the Redback days as well as the Queen's Park days. So it's it's a lot of history there. So it is a little bit shame to see that it, it just doesn't have that same level of talent that's that's on the field. And, of course, um, that's no disrespect to the Mum FC players, but yeah. they'll be able to know that I think they started the season with 17 players. And of that 17 players, I think only three are, um, are still in that team right now, so it's it's obviously a difficult chance, difficult challenge for them. But isn't it interesting? Both, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Both champions in the men's and women's are going through a similar patch because Perth are very similar. They've lost a lot of players in the men's, similar to to Mum uh, FC. Uh, the, 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 just shows the quality of the players to be noticed from the east yep. um, to be taken over. I mean that, that that's 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 true. I think Perth's issue obviously is a little bit different there in terms of yeah. the, the the coaching situation, but this is. Like I, I, this is what my biggest beef is: is that we don't have enough to keep the best players here, and that's fair enough that they need to go out east. And if they're playing in Sydney and Melbourne, but if they're playing in Tasmania, surely like we have more of an more of an appeal for players to come and play in WA and play in Perth than to play in Tasmania, except for the obvious reasons, which you should Google. Yeah, which we know. Yep. Yep. So the the one thing, the one of the teams that is. Just two points behind them, Perth Soccer Club. They had a, a big win, uh, bringing uh, Subiaco back down to ground after their hat-trick hero. big win last week. Jamie Duncanson with, a, I think it was a first-half hat-trick, was it? Zoe Spadano yep. with a brace as well. So if they are the team, they didn't get the chance to, to play uh, Perth in. The, that game was postponed in round five. So I'm not sure exactly when that game will be postponed too. But the as it stands, they have a game in hand. Uh, potentially uh, could be five points clear Red Star, but Perth, Perth still yet to play them a couple of times. So 
So hopefully, uh, in terms of, well, as far as the excitement of the competition goes, Perth or Fremantle can kick on. Both of those uh, sitting there with five games played and 10 points. Red Star, two points clear on 12, a perfect 12. Four wins from four. We'll have a quick look at the men's. Obviously, we talked about the top of the table clash, Florey and Bayswater. Bayswater are top tied for points with Floriot, but with the game in hand and obviously that 6-1 uh, does does them wonders in the goal difference column. Plus 10 to Floriot's plus 1 after that shellacking. Uh, now, Kalichi, uh, get ready to queue up the sound effects that you haven't done yet that I told you to queue up for at the end of the NPL chat, but that's alright. I'll just uh, waffle on. What did you have for breakfast today, Nova? Man like yourself? Uh, toast and feta cheese. Okay, Dave? Wow. Uh, I will tell you a little Alex story. Before we came here, we went for chips. And he managed to get cramp eating chips. So how we can have a crack at me for uh, fitness? Oh, here we go. All right, here we go. He's got it. Captain Fitness. Quick. Sorry, he got cramp eating chips. Eating chips, yeah, just before we got here. <laughs> a buddy. He had to stretch out. I had to stretch out. Yeah, it wasn't a good look. Is an elite athlete like himself, Mate. now he's playing other sound effects. Oh, my goodness. You're he's having all over the shop now. This is what happened. So last week, concentrate. I, last week I did the... Uh, Don't make me push the air horn. <laughs> I did the... Don't make me push the air horn. Can we do that on another one of Dave's stories? All right, let's get to the naughty boys and girls now. The bit that's got me a little bit excited here, Armadale with those two red cards. They were lagging. They were my pick for the naughtiest team. Jump. Finally got themselves up in Jump. the running on 14 points. You're three points for a red, one for a yellow, but way out in front still. Gwell up. Uh, they are second from bottom, but this is one table they can be <laughs> up of. Um, coach notwithstanding, although he probably helps out there as well, but they've got a, a total of 19 uh, points from their six games. Bayswater on 16 Perth Glory, a bit of a surprise entrant, the young, the 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 Glory boys. With I say I would team. love it if Bayswater won the league and the Naughty Boy League as well. That'd be great, wouldn't yeah, it? Oh, that'd be Joseph Mourinho. That'd be Mario Marchione kind of football. <laughs> in, in Do anything the, to win the league. In the women's game, the the NTC surprise leaders. I think How they might have been my pick. They got the one. Who, Who was the ref on that one? Here we go. <laughs> Jeez, and she's the, she apologised straight afterwards, and that wasn't enough for you, was it? We talked about this back in the in the the openers. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. No. Uh, you, you got yeah, no never let you off. We, we we said it was a red card, but I uh, got a question. Go on. If you will, you being assessed that game? No. So he doesn't get assessed this bloke because he does the assessment. I picked the assessor, so, yeah. oh, Okay, okay. So so corruption from the start. <laughs> the but my question is, are there games where you're like, I'm being assessed. I'm going to have to send you off. Or, or, like, does that happen as for referees mm, where you're going, yeah, I am, I am being yeah. assessed here, mate. Maybe so I can answer it because I'm not in the state panel or the NPL panel. This falls well into the, into the naughty boy segment. So, so I'm an assessor. So, yeah, you can see a difference in referees' management of a game. Whereas, you know, a perfect example would be a player coming on that for a substitution but hasn't had permission from a referee. Normally you'd say, mate, just wait. However, in certain instances, when you're being assessed, you go, oh, the laws of the game is a yellow card for entering the field of play without permission. You go, bang. And where's the guy that went off? Oh, yeah, you're sitting down there, by the way. You're getting one as well. So it does occur. It does occur. I believe, anyway. That's my, yeah. my personal opinion. Are we, we, are we all like differently when we're being assessed? I'm sure I mean, Dave's right. garbage when he refs assessed or not assessed. But I will say, last year, he was second best state league referee. And that's saying something, isn't it? And I assessed him, and he only got assessed once, so he, his mark was up high. But um, <laughs> uh, it must have been a gap between a Stephen gap. Knight and, and yourself, right? You're massive, <laughs> <laughs> but not well, in height. Well, we we've got to move on, guys. The the, the rounding out the top three in the women's naughty girls is Fremantle uh, on six points and Curtin on four from four. But they're a lot less naughty the girls than the boys in in the uh, the f MPL in they're WA. Just, they're just too emotional, sure. The men are just a little bit too emotional, as we discussed in part one. We will get back with part three, including Sam. Stunning brace. Can't wait to talk about that, even though it was for Chelsea. Uh, and Liverpool, a little bit of a blink in that title run-in. Is it all done? We'll talk about that and more after this. And just before we get to part three, just a little thank you to our sponsors, the Hush Connective, wonderful podcast studio here that we record on, the amazing Robbie Fig uh, runs all that. So if you want to run your own podcast about anything, Check out the Hush Connective on Facebook, 484 Albany Highway, down at the Mind Body Lounge. Also, lovely sponsors of the show. And if you want a treatment, either a sit in the massage chair, a free cryotherapy treatment, or a physio uh, consultant from a uh, consultant, Professor Giuseppe what's the right word? A physiotherapist, perhaps? A physiotherapy. Uh, 
consultation. Correct. That's the one. Uh, from the wonderful Maddie down at Oakford. Uh, all you need to do is tag two friends in the post. Kalichi is going to put up on Facebook this week. And all of you can uh, choose your poison, whether you'd like that cryotherapy, physiotherapy, or uh, massage chair treatment. Tell you what, Sean, if you were a football team playing three games a week, how good would, it, would a cryotherapy session be for you in terms of recovery? You could use it. You could absolutely use it. So make sure you get on the Facebook page, tag your friends in that post, and, uh, yeah, we'll get back to you with the winners next week. Back with part three after this. And we're back for part three. Kicking off with Sammy's stunning double. Winning the league for, unfortunately, Chelsea. But because she's Perth's very own, did anyone hear uh, the advice she gave? Or they asked her what she was thinking with those goals. And she gave the same uh, advice to uh, footballers out there that I gave to Balcata uh, last week. was just, just put it in the net. Just put it in the goals. That was what she was thinking. If you didn't see them, do yourself a favour. Jump on Optus Sport or just Google it on YouTube. But... The first one, I think, was the equaliser to get it back to 2-2. Uh, and the, the, basically the, the situation for the game, last game of the season, Chelsea needed to win to clinch the title. Uh, West Ham were playing uh, Arsenal, who were in second place. And if uh, Arsenal won and Chelsea failed to win, then the, uh, the cup would have been going to the other side of, of London. or well, not the other side of London, but you know what I mean. And... She stepped up at 2-1. The ball's popped out the edge of the area. 20 yards, left foot, first time volley. Absolute screamer into the top left. And she wasn't done there. They went 3-2 up by a goal that wasn't from a, a Perth player, so who cares? Uh, and then a goalkeeper being put under pressure at 3-2. She's cleared it up. The teammates headed it back down. And, and Sammy's about, this time, maybe 25 to 30 yards out. And you saw this one, did you, Josh? The chest and volley. How good's that technique? Yeah, incredible. On the turn as well. I mean, the keeper was out of goals, but at the same time, I don't think Kerr really had any idea. Well, she shouldn't have had any idea what was behind her, but she did. She's like an automaton who's programmed to score goals. It's incredible. What a wonderful footballer. It's that you mentioned, you say it there. It is the what awareness. Is, what is that? An automaton. automaton. Yeah, you tell him. Sounds like a transformer. A, a, a robot. That, no, that was the... Um, what, what were the transformers? The... Uh, <laughs> the Decepticons are the ones you're thinking That's of. That's pretty they close, were the though, yeah? yeah, but it's just, an, it's just an English word. Can we just say a good striker? Yeah. <laughs> Duke-esque? But that's, he's trying to paint a picture for the... For the listeners. How can you paint something that you don't understand? Well, most people do understand it. You're the only one that doesn't understand. Get it's back it's, to, it's a common word. Get back it's to a common your, word. They've had no idea. Get back to your Tinder and shut up. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a stunning goal from a footballer with the vision because she would have seen the goalkeeper being closed down. She rushed the clearance and obviously must have either gone down or, or been in a bit of a collision with the ch other Chelsea player. So for Kerr to just know that that was on initially is, is unbelievable. So, so essentially, she's, well. essentially she's scanned at some point. Exactly. So she's 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 checked behind her like at some a, point. Like a really good footballer with great spatial awareness. And and she's and she's worked out and she's worked out how good how that? and she's worked out how long it's gonna take the keeper to get back, basically. Yeah. Um sure. without really knowing where she is. So that that only comes from experience and honestly a, a little bit of genius. And uh, producer Galich is telling me she's scored twenty goals in twenty games this season, is that correct? Unbelievable. What a player. She's coming Outlandish. back to Perth. She did say in the interview she's coming back and she said it's party time. So when you get back here, Sammy, let us know. We will uh, well and truly be happy to join you for that. So the – oh, we'll get her in the podcast, absolutely. Uh, but just if we can fit her in, if Tommy Dom is not available that week, we'll, uh, we'll sub him out for, for Sam. What do you can, reckon? Can I – yeah, definitely. If we, if we can get her on. Uh, can, I, can I just mention the other um, – because I don't know if we might be moving on from that stuff, but can I just mention the other incredible end-of-season result that I think happened overnight? Yeah, um, absolutely. League, League 2, Bristol Rovers, 7-0 win to get promoted from League 2 to League 1 on most goals scored. So they had the same goal. Really? They, they overturned a five-goal deficit. Wow. So I think Northampton. So Northampton actually did the business. They won 3-1. Bristol Rovers scored the seventh goal in the oh. 85th minute against relegated Scunthorpe. Wow. Uh, corruption, anyone? That was the first time they were in the promotion spot as well, all season. Got there for the last five minutes. Yeah, well, that... that, that that's Absolutely incredible. That, that, that's, that's almost like Tommy Dolman information, that. Yeah, these guys are good, aren't they? they, 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 they nothing else. A, a result like that at the end of, uh, at the, end of the season does... does 
give you give you a few questions to be asked. Um, your boy Declan Rice was having a bit of a tanty about that after the Europa League uh, exit, wasn't he? Cause yeah. Of corruption. Did you see that? What What were your thoughts on that? Uh, I thought it was pretty childish, to be honest. I mean, you know, he is twenty three. I think he is a child. Yeah. Twenty twenty three year olds tend to be idiots, but um, <laughs> the Gosh. but but. But uh, the, I think he was complaining about the. I guess he was complaining about the red card with Aaron Creswell, which, you know, it, it was, it a, was red a red card. card. It was yeah. it was dumb. He was the last man. He pulled him back, um, and unfortunately, there was no way back in the game from that. It was just a bit of frustration from Declan Rice, but hopefully, he's still at the club next year to to lead us with Mark Noble retiring. And and thankfully, they bounced back and thumped a few past Norwich. But uh, how What was the final score there? Uh, 4-0, I think. 4-0. So, uh, same score as uh, at uh, the Amex, Nova? With yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I didn't even watch. You know what? I didn't even watch it. You had because enough. you just, oh, I'm just done. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, I'd rather watch Dave Averson ref. It's that bad. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And Dave, do, do we have, a, who, who's your team? We oh, well, brace you yourselves. Uh, Lincoln City. Okay. <laughs> well, tell, let us know. How are Lincoln getting on? The season's finished. Yep. Uh, 17th. Okay. So, season to forget, really. Yeah. Uh, last year playoff final with a place in the championship and yeah, lost out on the in the final. Gone from that to seventeenth. That's that to seventeenth. Brilliant. So it was seventeenth in League One. In League One. So there is yeah, a coach. You should have you should have reminded us of that. Yeah. yeah. There is a coaching oh, yeah. vacancy well at Lincoln known. City based on that seventeenth place finish, interestingly. Okay. Well we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there at the top of the table, which is the one uh Kalich and I were most interested in. Of course, Tottenham came and dogged out a a uh, very impressive, I thought, as much as Jurgen Klopp was uh, <laughs> quick to... Well, he was asked about their tactics and said they're not for him and he doesn't like it, but it's his problem and he has to deal with it. Couldn't deal with it uh, as much as we had plenty of the ball. Tottenham probably shaded the chances and I think we're absolutely deserving of their 1-1 and then uh, bloody Manchester City went and did that thing that they do where I start watching their games and I go, look, all I want to do is get five minutes in and have it at nil-nil, and then <laughs> another five minutes. And then let's get to 15. And then when you get to 25, you think, maybe we can get to half time. And then they always find Raheem Sterling nods in at the back post, and then I just start skipping on 10 minutes at a time. And if they get an equaliser, I'll, I'll start watching again. <laughs> and then what normally happens is I start going, yeah, two, three, five. Oh, my goodness. Uh, they were absolutely, uh, yeah, imperious. Uh, can you boys maybe do us a favour? I, I would, I would love if they could. I believe that's Mark Noble's last home game as well. Oh, but they see, then they might, then they might be tempted to play him. Yeah, but you've got, you've got the emotion. <laughs> I, I will, I, I will, I will say, you know, Mark Noble, he's come on sparingly, um, and I think he's been played a lot in the past, uh, and because he's not the most athletic player, he's probably got tired from just accumulation of minutes over time, and those are the games where maybe his lack of pace uh, has been an issue, um, but. He had a couple of good games earlier in the year. He had a game where he was probably best on park against Watford when we had a couple of players out, injured and suspended. I think Declan Rice was suspended for the game. And uh, he actually had a really good cameo against Liverpool and we, we almost snatched a draw uh, at the end of the, I think, the Anfield game. Yeah, well, who knows? Uh, look, we unfortunately, we don't have time to talk about the Real Madrid-Man City game, which is the one I'd rather talk about. But obviously, after capitulating once again in the Champions League, they have bounced back. To the point where it looks like, yeah, I mean, it was a long shot anyway that they were going to drop enough points. We were probably going to have to be flawless. It has only made it a slightly longer shot. Rather than needing them to draw a game, we now need them to lose a game, and then we could be level on uh, on points, and it could come down to goal difference, which they've just done themselves a huge favour in. So we we could still be set up for it, it'll probably go down to the last day of the season, regardless. But it could still be exciting. Yeah, I didn't see Newcastle as a team that might pick up a results against Man City. It'll be one of those teams that just sometimes have those massive results in them. It'll be like, uh, I mean, I, I can't remember who they have to play left. I'm not sure about West Ham. We have beaten some of the big teams. I think Wolves as well. Wolves, uh, they're definitely one of those they, teams that could been, do that. They've been their bogey side. I think they beat them, they beat them a couple of times in recent times. Producer Kalichi, uh, they've got Villa as well on the last day, of course, Steven Gerrard. Um, <laughs> Maybe, just yeah, maybe. Don't, it, don't. it seems too perfect. That The script seems too perfect. Uh, Producer Kalichi would also like to say <laughs> Crawley Town, uh, who their manager has just been uh, accused of some pretty horrible racial abuse. Uh, yeah, not too much more to say about that other than, yeah, don't do that. It's pretty, if you, if you read the stories, that they are horrible and, you know, things like making black players train in, um, will warm up in separate rooms and, 
and sort of nonsense like that. So uh, if those are found to be true, then, uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely get him out of the game. It's far far worse than anger management problems and those things we talked about in part one. Uh, but look, uh, is there anything else around the world of football? We've we've done the women's, we've done the, the men's. What about uh, Everton? Premier League, Super League. Oh, Your favourite. Yeah, okay, my boys. Uh, you know what? I would like to touch on Everton because I sent a message to Kalich. <clears throat> you know what? I would like to talk about Everton because I sent a message to Kalichi last night as the game was on. I was watching it and don't get me wrong. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching Everton this season, watching them plummet down in the relegation zone. The thought of them actually getting relegated because it didn't seem real, you know, until they're in there and, and you're thinking, geez, they, they, it's a coin flip. They really could go down. And I was hoping for it. I was hoping for it. But then I, I do have a very close friend of mine. His name's Lance. He's, he is a Liverpoolian, a Scouser, unfortunately, from the wrong side of the tracks. So he's an Everton fan. And I was starting to think about, you know, all, all the friends. And uh, we have our group chats and we all have banter with each other. And, and then realising that he, may, you know, he wouldn't be able to be so much of a part of it. And that sort of did make me a little bit sad. But uh, you know what? I've it's not going to bother me too much if they do go down, but I'm not going to be too bothered if they do stay up either. Uh, so, uh, producer Kielici wants to know what made Dave support Lincoln City. Oh, okay. Before we go. Oh, it's, it's where I'm from. Yeah, yeah simple as that. Simple one. That is yeah. my, my local team. Nice, not another new, exciting Yeah, another story. exciting Bro. tale from me. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> He is minging. <laughs> no, I'm like not sure what you want from me on Lincoln he City. Loves, he loves to pile in. Yes, Josh. Oh, I did want to bring up one thing from the world of football. I know we don't talk about the A League. Yes, yes, go ahead. Don't know we talk. I know we don't talk about the A League very much in here, but a very big result just happened. Melbourne City a two-one win over Wellington to clinch the Premier's plate. Kale- yeah, sad one for you, producer Kalichi. The fingers up. The, yeah, Kale- Kalichi Asunwa just gave me the finger. He's one of the five blokes that uh, put put on the the yellow and black to sit. In the uh, lonely away section of HBF Park when they play Perth Glory. Hey, no, Proud I, Otago I, man. Proud I sat Otago with him man. one time. I was uh, I didn't wear the colours, but so, yeah. there, so there were six that day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not bad. Exactly. Well, look, that brings us to the end of another wonderful uh, Perth football podcast. We're dunking on Kalichi now, and I I, I don't like it. I'd much rather be dunking on Dave. Do you want to get one more shot in, Nova, before we go? Yeah, I will. Just on uh, on Dave. To be fair, I don't I know why joking, I'm picking up. I was joking, but carry on. Oh, any, any excuse. <laughs> credit, credit to his uh, fiance who refereed her first game. Oh, yes. So, that was um, good. Done really, really well. Managed to uh, give an advantage to a goal, something Dave hasn't been able to do. That's that's like the holy grail of refereeing, right? Oh, absolutely. It, it's like scoring a hat-trick. I did it once and I bowed to the, to the bench that scored, <laughs> believe it or not. But Dave will know how to become a ref. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a free female course coming up in a right. couple of weeks, uh, and obviously just the standard level four courses. Uh, Football West website. Become a referee. Uh, the deal we've got going. We we throw in registration for the first year for free. Your kit, your uniform, um, and your equipment. So your flags, whistles. So anyone coming off the course, oh, you yeah. can get straight get out. Get yourself and a park. free flag and a free whistle. That just. That sounds good, uh, but we do plug it every week. We do want to get more people involved, and especially the people that love to whinge about referees. Go and give it a go yourself. See yeah. how good you are. Eh? Yeah, we also know the game of football is always better with a referee, whatever level you're at. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Hard to do it without them. Look, I have been uh, Sean Fry. I've been joined by Josh Chyatt. Thank you so much, Sean. David Averson. Yep, thank you. And uh, the <laughs> great Alex Navatsis. Everyone just takes a piss, but thank you very much. Uh, Kalichi, jump on and say goodbye. Good luck. And uh, bye from me. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. 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 B